This is episode 67 of the Gamer Sushi Show. In this week's episode, we talk about Disney closing LucasArts, EA being the worst company in America, the next Xbox, and then we have a Bioshock Infinite spoiler cast. Welcome to the Gamer Sushi Show. I'm Eddie. I am Anthony. And I'm Mershershershershir. No, that's not your name. No, you're right. Tell it's them your name. real name, you liar. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. Say my... the name he gave you. There was a man in my house. No, my name is okay. Mitch. <laughs> Mitch just saw The Fugitive for the first time, I guess. And apparently he's turning everything into a meme. I guess it took about 15 years for it to make it across the tubes to Canada. So. No, it, um... it just had its theatrical release up here. So you're lying. You're lying. No, I'm absolutely serious. <laughs> you're a liar. Awesome in 3D. It came. This movie came out in 1993. I'm looking it up. 20 years ago. You're a liar. Yeah. No, I'm absolutely messing with you. Okay. I was about to say. I was like, dude, this is not I happening. Canadians genetically couldn't lie. Yeah. I thought this was like a thing that they programmed out of your race. You're just a race now. <laughs> Canadian is a race. Yeah. You're a polite race. Yeah. You're not a nationality anymore. You're a race, okay. as decreed by me. My brown race. <laughs> this Most is, heard phrase in a Canadian race is "excuse me." This is the worst model UN I've ever been in. <laughs> this has got it's got real like real fast. So this is a three man cast. We are actually this is also our Bioshock Infinite spoiler cast. Uh, we're gonna talk about we were gonna just do Bioshock, but there's actually some news that happened this week. So we're gonna do some news. So for everyone that has not finished Bioshock, you can kind of hang around for now. And then we will give you our big spoiler warning before we tell you that. So you'll get that later. <laughs> Mitch, you're gonna have to edit that and beep it. Oh, oh yeah, did. no, yeah, I'm, a, I'm absolutely beeping that out, Eddie. That was. <laughs> no wait, you know what? Maybe I'll leave that in. <laughs> that wouldn't be Canadian of you. No, I'm absolutely <laughs> editing that out, you asshole. Well, I'm just trying to make more work for Mitch. Really? So do, if, do, if do that spoiler in stays the, in, it's Mitch's fault, you guys. Do you want me to layer in the smooth jazz underneath all this too? Just you should just like bleep it out. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, no, yeah, no, that's what you should do. Bleep, bleep it out and leave this in. That's what I'm yeah. saying. So if if they get the spoiler, it's on you, Mitch. Yeah. That's no, right. it's not they on you, the guy play. who said the spoiler. It's on no, me. No, because you're the editor. Like if you're the you know what I mean, like if you're the T V guy responsible for the seven second delay, it's on you. <laughs> if you let the cuss word, you know, or the uh, Janet Jackson boob go up on the Super Bowl screen. That's the logic. Okay, well, I'll cut it out. No, no, you gotta beep it. No, I'll beep it. Yeah. Yeah. Beep it real good. Yeah, I'm gonna beep it on all radio, night long. They call it dumping. Dumping? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I learned that because this radio show that I listen to, used to listen to, always likes to use their technical terms on the air the behind-the-scenes kayfabe stuff so that makes them sound cooler. Mm. You know, like, they're smarks. I'm throwing down all the wrestling terms tonight. <laughs> you and your wrestling. My uh, wrestling. Get out of here, so... jabroni. <laughs> he doesn't say that anymore, man. No? Okay. No. Sorry. See, wrestling just came up here to Canada. <laughs> yeah, wrestling just made it. You've had it forever. Bret Hart is a legend. <laughs> Okay, so actual game news this week. <laughs> this guy's just falling apart of the scenes. We're already arguing. We haven't even gotten to Bioshock Infinite. We're already arguing. Well, you already dropped the biggest spoiler of the game, so do we need to talk about it? 
No, we're done. Yeah, we're done. All right, good night, everybody. <laughs> Just didn't see the interracial orgy coming. Whoa. Oh, Whoa. Uh, spoiler. Whoa. Dang. Getting real. Uh, okay, so... Did you get that ending? Oh, okay. be... <laughs> this is the after credits. You shouldn't have thrown the ball at the couple. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get from it. You made a terrible choice. Yeah. Missed out on quite a bit. Quite a bit. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> That's a good transition to... Uh... Is it? Yeah, sure. Nothing at all, really, but okay. We'll do... Um, let's talk about... The least interesting news. I, th- I think all three of these are interesting. We'll do the least interesting one first about Lucas Arts. Um, least interesting, but most sad. Lucas Arts um, got closed down by Disney uh, last week, which we didn't do a cast last week, so we didn't really get a chance to talk about it. Um, yeah, Lucas Arts got closed down by Disney, which is incredibly sad. Um, it sounds like Disney is now going to be handing off all of uh, kind of Lucas Arts kind of Star Wars games. I don't know about their other properties, but at least Star Wars games they'll be handing off to third-party developers, right? Right. Yeah, they're going to license things out, which is probably the best thing to probably do for the arts. Like, it's sad, but it's sad from, like, a period of, like, 15 to 20 years ago. Yeah. Because LucasArts yeah. hasn't... Like, every, the, the thing well, that I mean, made everybody sad, sad is... they lost their jobs. Right, right, no, no, and of course, that that is terrible. But the thing that everybody was worried about was, like, oh, but they made great games that I played in elementary school. Yeah. yeah. So, it's, it's for the the sake of those brands and everything it was probably for the best because they they were very troubled yeah LucasArts the LucasArts you know and love died a long time ago right those people went and started Telltale and they made The Walking Dead so good for them did you just clap? yes oh okay yeah Yeah. I'm gonna give them a clap because I enjoyed The Walking Dead (laughs) that game that came across pretty well actually yeah, people are pretty sad about thirteen, thirteen, uh, the Star Wars game, but really we haven't really seen much of that. Well, it got turned into a about. Boba Fett game, so now I'm like, no thanks. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, is, it is now vaporware, and that's the thing. Like, it will live on maybe in Gearbox Infinity forever because <laughs> yo, oh god, don't buy, <laughs> oh, no. don't buy it. No, you're just cribbing. Blaster, you're just cribbing. You're just cribbing my material now, Eddie. <laughs> They're already working on the Last Guardian. They can't do thirteen thirteen. That's true. <laughs> the thing is, since that game was shown so early, it it, it is all potential. So yeah. it will forever be like known as like it was going to be the best game ever. I you know. I really think what they were showing, yeah, wasn't really even much of a slice of actual gameplay. I think it was more of a tech demonstration. Or maybe right. it was uh, like a like a pitch I mean, to get like publisher interest to get some more money behind it or something. Yeah. Right, and it looked cool, but it looked like Uncharted in space, which. Don't That's not oh, a bad it's combo. Pretty awesome. <laughs> you know, I'm down with it, but it wasn't going to change the world or anything. Yeah. So, and with a Boba Fett character, who knows? But I mean, this could be interesting. I'm, I'm. You don't even like Boba Fett. Yeah, I don't even like Boba Fett. Um, it's not that I don't like. It's, I don't understand the mania at all. I understand that. He went well, out. He went out like a total bitch. Yeah. He's not even cool. Yeah. I understand the mania because of the EU, but the EU did not exist when the movies came out. So why did people get obsessed enough he with? He just. No- he was a guy in the background who was yeah. cool, and mysterious, and that's it. That's, that's and like that's it. the thing is everybody wanted to know more about him, and then the EU started showing us more about him, and we were like, I liked it better. I didn't know anything. <laughs> anyway, I could I could rant about a Boba Fett, Boba Fett, um, but Boba where? Fett. <laughs> there was a bounty hunter in my house. Oh my god. <laughs> We're done. We're done with Fugitive. <laughs> that's the last one, I promise. Um, At least there's a Harrison Ford link there. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I keep losing my train of thought because we're all LucasArts. LucasArts. It, it would be cool, like, I don't know, do you guys have a short list of developers that you would like to see take on different... Um, 
kind of some of the different aspects of Star Wars franchises. Like, who would you love to see make like a flying game? Um, I'd the love make I'd, burnout series. I just want Dice to take Battlefront. <laughs> That's what I really want. That would be cool. If I'm being honest. I know this is always you know pie in the sky kind of stuff. I still but. think throwing Rock City into Star Wars and having to make like a Jedi saber combat game would be pretty pretty freaking awesome. That could be cool. Like you yeah, ma- you map all your force powers, like you map like the bat gadgets to the face buttons and stuff. That would yeah, be pretty or, neat. Yeah, I, I think more than more of a, more than a Jedi combat game, like it just because like the because the Jedi's are kind of Batman. They're like little detectives and peacekeepers. You know what I mean? Like they it could be cool to have like a like some city in Coruscant where you're wandering around trying to investigate a crime or something like that, you know? Rockstay can do that. Yeah, you, I would like to see totally Nintendo make well. a Yoda platformer. <laughs> I'm serious, that'd be awesome. The way he hops around and everything, it'd be cool. Or how, how about this? Uh, they can make a puzzle game like, uh, like some other game that doesn't exist that I can't think of right now. But it would be like R two and three PO, and you like would switch between them, like using their different abilities to like get through, like like a like a Mario versus Donkey Kong type game that used to be on the Game Boy. Mm. Boom, done. That's a million dollar seller right there. <laughs> it'd be like, Puzzle games. It'd be like Kids Ico. Love that shit. Just be like yes. Ico, but it would be like three PO, and it would be. <laughs> yeah. No, you you need to give Criterion the Pod Racer license. Yeah. 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 Yes. That. Okay. So we're coming up with a good list here. So, okay. I think this all works. Um, we can go ahead and move on, though, unless you guys have anything else you wanted to say about it. X-Wing was really good. I miss those types oh, I wanna, of... Yeah, I want yeah. an X-Wing game. I, 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 miss those old, I miss all those old space combat games like X-Wing, TIE Fighter, X-Wing Man, versus TIE Fighter. What I just miss is the... <laughs> whenever I would play Shadows of the Empire on N64, I would only play the space level at the end. Like, over yes. and over and over again. Level. Did, yeah. you, did you ever figure out the cheat code to turn your ship into an X-Wing? Yes. No. Yeah, you could turn your ship into an X-Wing or a TIE Fighter. That's cool. Yeah. I liked playing as the Falcon, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you mean, mean the Outrider? Outrider. <laughs> yeah, the Outrider. Yeah, that's right. Dash Rendar's ship. I like how Anthony and I it, said that it, at the same high time. Five. Yep, high five. <laughs> this is actually when we're announcing our wedding date. Um... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Which I'm one of you? Which one of you? He's yeah. going as a clone trooper because he's the girl. We didn't agree on that. <laughs> We're gonna fight about it. Execute order sixty-nine. Oh uh, <laughs> wow! This, I'm gonna. We're, I'm forcing us to move on <laughs> after that. Um, you will move on. Yes. Uh, so the other thing, I, I don't know. We might talk about this a little bit longer than I'd like to, not because I don't think it's a good topic to discuss, but just it's just dumb. <laughs> so EA um, was named the worst company ever on Consumerist Poll, and there's been a lot of back and forth about that. Peter Moore had some stuff to say about it. Um, Consumerist had a response to Peter Moore. Dorkley did a thing posing as Peter Moore, right? Um, Basically, EA was named the worst company ever over companies like ExxonMobil, who have poisoned an environment, <laughs> you know. Asbestos.com. Um, yeah, and... Ticketmaster. Uh, yeah, and over, and over like, Bank of America and uh, just a bunch of other companies that probably should have been on there. That, that, actually that affect do. a great many more people and perhaps are more malicious in the and, things they and do. And cause, like, legitimate suffering. <laughs> Some of it on purpose. That's yes. the thing. Um, as opposed to a company that makes 
some kind of crappy video games every now and then. That has and, an ending you might not like. I mean, I, I did rant about EA a few weeks ago. Like, I understand why gamers hate them. Like, there are things I hate about them. Like, remember we talked about, like, you know, they have arguably ruined some of the greatest gaming franchises. Like, but does that make them the worst company ever? Like, I get why gamers hate them. But, like, to not have the perspective... You know what I mean? Of to what's like, really important yeah, in the world. Yeah, to like pull yeah. back and, you know, like, okay, they make some, some crappy video games, then stop buying them. <laughs> like, yeah, that's not, my thing. Gamers are so up their own asses sometimes that it's just, it, it's useless. And the, the, the thing is, the Peter Moore response, when I first read it, I was like, I, I hear your point. And then the, like, Ben Kuchera had a good counterpoint to it was, yes, you're right, you're not as bad as those other people, but that doesn't change the fact that you still do some yes. really bad things, and it doesn't absolve you. Like, EA is taking this like well it as a chance to like absolve them of everything. Well like well they're just overreacting. But well they're they also are like a bad we're company. still making money, so yeah, like exactly. even said that, like people are paying for all this You're stuff. For so, it, so it's fine. Like, oh my god. Like EA is a is a bad video game company, but they're not the worst company and like Yes. The everybody's stupid in this thing. Like EA is dumb for all the things they do and for their kind of understandable, you know, reaction Peter Moore's reaction was understandable but at the same time. I understand wanting to defend your to defend your business and defend your employee. I mean, because I'm sure, like, I'm sure he's got a lot of pride. They've EA has done some things to be proud of, but they also do a lot of terrible things that they need to do a better job at. Yeah, and that's, like that's what video games in general. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the things that was frustrating is he took no responsibility for any of the things they were um, rightfully accused of. You know, he's like, well, the SimCity thing we promise is not DRM. Okay, well, that doesn't change the fact that it still sucks. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't change the fact that it's a, that's over a month later and like we still can't play it. And mm-hmm. it's not fun. Uh, and when well, me and Mitch were talking about this, you know, Mitch, where you were saying like, like them not allowing refunds was a, was a really stinking scumbag thing to do. For as much as people crap on them, oh uh, yeah, and yeah. it's like, like yeah, you, one you of sold his, people one of a product points. that doesn't work. Like to not allow a refund on a broken product is like pretty shitty. Yeah. Well, one of his points was, we gave them all a free game, and over 900,000 people have downloaded it. Well, yes, because you didn't give them a refund. Yeah. Like, he was pointing towards the free game as, like, look how great we are. No, you how know what you I got out of that? Warfighter. Okay? That's, <laughs> like, I'd rather have my $60 back. Well, that's your fault for buying those other crappy games or having played them. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's actually pretty true. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair, fair. fair. Yeah, you so. could have had SimCity uh, 4. That's true. You could have. You could have had a bigger city. That's right. Could have had a functional game. Yeah. <laughs> could have had a game from ten years ago that's better than, <laughs> than the one that we just got. Yeah. So supposedly there's like a big 2.0 patch coming soon to SimCity um, that's going to fix a lot of stuff. I'll believe it when I see it. I almost installed SimCity the other day, but I'm like, I want to wait for this 2.0 patch. At least log in and see how the game. Oh, no, mine's still. In- installed the yeah. the funny thing is i made a SimCity video for my youtube channel uh just gonna plug my youtube channel no i'm just kidding but um i, I made a SimCity video for my youtube channel and then like after i finished filming the video i like played it for another little bit and i was like oh man you know there, there's some and i was just like no no back out get out <laughs> Not fall for this yeah it's, it's alluring it's so pretty and it's very charming yeah until you like look under the hood a little bit and yeah, as soon as you start breaking down what's actually going on with your city, it's just like a horrible mess. But if you're just like, oh, it looks nice, you know. But that's the thing; it's it like it might seem like it's working, but I just can't trust it. I don't know because yeah. at any moment it could just go all to shit. But anyways, so yeah, EA is not the worst company ever. 
Um, they're they're not a great video game company, <laughs> and they do some crappy things. And what's funny about Peter Moore touting all this stuff about like, oh, well, gamers are still paying for it, and gamers are buying it. Lots of them are joining. EA's not doing well, so it's weird that he's touting all this stuff about how they're making money doing X, Y, and Z. EA is like, right. The reason they even have to do that is because they're losing out on other revenue that they used to have. Yeah, like EA is like is doing terribly, like. <laughs> yeah, isn't that why they let their CEO go like three weeks ago? Yeah, so it's weird that he was touting like they were doing awesome and all these people are enjoying their products. It's like, no, the people that used to buy your products aren't buying them anymore. That's what Anthony was saying about they're they're missing all this revenue that they used to have. So this what is their are, chance to try and make up for? Yeah, it. what are you what are you trumping on about? You know, gamers are not supporting you. You have lost them. Yeah. Uh, I so. mean, uh, look, people hate on Activision quite a bit, and they didn't win. You know, like they didn't win worse company, you did. So don't sit here and act like your shit don't stink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, it's just weird. I, I wish gamers would would get a little bit more sensible about this kind of thing at times. Yeah. Um, but it makes sense. It was an internet poll and gamers and get angry. The vocal minority. Inter- if it was an internet poll, then why didn't Comcast win? Yeah, that's true. Comcast didn't ruin the ending of Mass Effect 3. Because those people couldn't get online to vote. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. It was stacked. It was rigged. Yeah, Comcast took down the internet in their area until the poll was over. Yeah. Okay, so the final piece of news is sort of news, sort of rumors. It's hard to tell about this uh, Xbox... Some of this newest stuff. It It sounds like rumor, but it's also like, hey, exclusive. This is legit, so... But anyway, uh, some of the rumors going around... Um, one is that the Xbox is, is going to Xbox is the Xbox is going to get revealed um, in May, right? Yeah. Uh, the rumor is it's going to be revealed in May. It's going to launch in early November. It's going to be priced around five hundred bucks, but then there's going to be a lower price model. It's three hundred bucks available with a subscription that you pay monthly. Um, Microsoft's already done this, right? In this generation, like released a really cheap Xbox with a subscription. Yeah, they uh, rolled it out at like Microsoft stores, yeah, uh, and everything. Like just I think in the last six months, very very limited. So they were tr- it was a trial. Apparently they, if these rumors are true, then apparently the trial was successful because they're sticking with it. So yeah. either they're just trying to do it like the way you pay for your cell phone. Yeah. So it's on one hand I'm like that's pretty smart because they're pro- they're probably are going to get more early adopters that way. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I'm like, why does everything I buy now at a subscription? Like, it drives me crazy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. why is everything physical I want have to have some kind of subscription attached to it these days? Why do you have to siphon me slowly instead of just yeah. take it all at one shot? Yeah, just let me pay for a thing. Um, so, but yeah, so that's the rumors. But then the new thing that kind of came out today is that Microsoft's next Xbox, this is from The Verge, Microsoft's next Xbox will take over your TV and interact with your cable box. So I'm going to toot my horn. Not really that bad, but <laughs> I wrote about this in the post and I said in an email, this is, I've, I've been talking about this for a little while that, that I felt like the next Xbox was going to be like this big TV overlord kind of, mainly a DVR that interface with your, your cable um, in some way. And Anthony made a very good point before the podcast that all of, that all of Microsoft's I think more specifically, this generation has been about getting to this point. 
Um, but what they basically want to do is that the next Xbox is going to have a, a cable jack where you hook your cable through it, and then it's going to layer the the Xbox UI over your TV programming. Um, and so now it's it's become a DVR. It's become your your cable box, um, and it'll interface with Connect 2.0, um, which will apparently have some better sensors. It can track multiple iPaths and stuff, um, so you can control your TV with gestures. Um, it'll it, pause if you look away. It'll pause if you look away. Apparently, is a function. Which um, better? That's terrible. Be to, I look at my phone stupid. all the time while I'm watching TV or doing some other stuff. You know. Yeah, you know. Someone I'm walks sure you'll be able to turn it off. off. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you will. It's just fun to pretend that you can't. Yeah. <laughs> it's like pause. We're never gonna finish this show. Stop blinking. I have something in my eye. Yeah. So it it seems like basically it's gonna be an Xbox TV set top box, um, of some sort. Um, what they basically want to go against kind of it sounds like Google TV, Apple TV. They want to be the center of your entertainment. Right. Um, the Xbox has been a Trojan horse to get into your living room, and now that they're there, they're going to take over. Yeah. So, Mitch, instant reaction to this. Instant reaction to this is I think that Microsoft needs to come out and start, like, if not announcing this thing, then at least confirming some of this stuff because they're, it's all over the place. Like, oh, yeah, they've also had the Always Online stuff, if you want to mention that real quick. Yeah. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, um, I guess was it last week or something that this all yes. went down? Yeah, la- yeah, the end of last week. Yeah, at the end of last week, a uh, now former Microsoft employee, Adam Orth, went on Twitter saying that he thought uh, Always Online console was awesome, and that people without internet should get it because the internet is totally cool. Uh, <laughs> so they should deal with it. They should deal with it if they uh, can't use their Xbox. Um, he has since left Microsoft. Uh, sources are saying that he has resigned. Um, but if this whole thing That's is crazy that a tweet can make you lose your job. <laughs> well, I guess he was I guess he was kind of like I don't know, if you go and read the tweets he had, he was kind of oh, coming off. Oh, he was off, trolling. Oh, yeah. He was and it, and he was also in a way kind of confirming something yeah. that they weren't oh, ready yeah. for them to confirm. Yeah. And well, in a way that they couldn't spin in a in a way they could spin. It was very bad PR. Yeah. It, it was, was it was very horrible cuz he was like, you know, oh, well, cuz uh, Manveer, one of the guys who um is lead developers on the Mass Effect you know, was saying like, well, you know, you live in a very connected place. If you live in some other places, uh, it's not as good there. And he said, why would I ever want to live in those places? Yeah. But to that point, places that even are very connected, big urban cities have bad internet connections as well. Mm-hmm. You know, New York City is New York City, that, yeah, yeah. So it's not uh, just. It's a very. It was a very short-sighted, narrow thing. I'm sorry, Mitch. Go ahead. No, that was pretty much it. Okay. Yeah, it was just what he said was just very. Like I said, narrow-minded, wasn't thinking, and Microsoft couldn't really spin that in the way they wanted to afterwards. They can't control that message, so they probably were like, you know what, you got to go, buddy. Yeah. So, Mitch, that's your instant reaction is that Microsoft needs to kind of confirm or deny or do something with some of this stuff in preparation yeah. for the reveal, you think? Pretty much, because, I mean, the rumor machine about about the next Xbox has pretty much been spinning out of control since like a year in a very ago. negative way you're right yeah. they need yeah. to get on that yeah I think they're just they're just kind of letting it go because I think they've got this sort of not exactly like hubris or something but I think they're they think they're more well positioned for the next gen than they actually probably are kind of like Sony was coming in with the PlayStation 3 how they thought they, they are like, the new Sony yeah, yeah. they thought yeah. That they no were, they totally are they thought they were like you know the big man on campus come out there and just like 599 
U.S. <laughs> and then yeah, they were going to have to get three jobs this time. Yeah, they realized just like that sort of came and bit them in the ass for a long time, and Sony didn't start recovering until like just a couple of years ago. And I think Microsoft is sort of in a similar position where they just think like they can do no wrong with the next Xbox. And when you look at all the reactions to like everything that has been leaking out about the next Xbox has been met with such like negative feedback, they kind of have well, to start only... getting out in front of it. In addition to that, the um, a lot of developers uh, and independent developers, they say Microsoft is just very tough to work with and, yeah. and just goes out of their way to be a pain in the ass. And they say Sony is like, um, I think someone described it as like Microsoft feels like a big corporate bureaucracy meeting when you go to talk to them. And Sony, when you talk to them, is just like a, a nice sit down, casual coffee chat. And they're very like accommodating and trying to do what they can to, you know, I, they know that they could have sort of screwed up with the PS3's tough architecture, so they're trying to, you know, woo developers back, and it sounds like it's working. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, Jonathan Blow, like, the, 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 I mean, Microsoft's Xbox made that guy famous, and mm-hmm. he is working with Sony now. <laughs> I feel like that's pretty telling. Yeah, it sounds like, the way I heard it described today was Sony's doing all the right things with developers, and Microsoft is doing all the wrong things. Yeah. Yeah, the thing is, like, it's kind of what you're saying, like, I think they think that they're going to be positioned to do really well. I just think that, I don't think anyone's in that position yet. No, yeah, they mean, all like, have to, like, to everyone's, struggle. Yeah, everyone's got to prove it. Um, I feel like just, we're at this interesting point where just, like, you know, and Anthony, you talked about this, and I'm going to steal your thunder just a little bit. Anthony mentioned that, like, you just had an amazing game come out called Bioshock Infinite that proved that you don't need new graphics or new hardware. And PC gaming is getting more and more accessible because of things like Steam and 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 because you don't have all these restrictions that, that some of these consoles come packaged with. It's I just feel like no one's in a position to do well. So it's, it's weird that no one assumes it. And it feels like Sony isn't assuming that, uh, which is right, good for them. Yeah, they're the ones that are out there busting their ass. Like I think they realize the gravity... Well, they they know the gravity of their own situation, and Microsoft apparently is just in like a hubristic way, like Mitch said. They think there's no way they could end up in the way that Sony is right now. So, Anthony, what was your instant reaction to kind of this TV um, stuff or the you know? You know, I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of I'm always a big wait and see on these things because I still have like regular like I mean a regular cable or like you know a Dish Network. And um, I don't mess with Netflix. I don't download things online to watch. I'm still very old-fashioned in my TV viewing. Um, so I always have to wait and see how this will affect me. And, you know, I'm going to probably get married in the next year. And yay! You cheating yeah, yay. harlot. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. <laughs> uh, to you, to you. Um, no, I, can have, yeah, I, can okay. married, I can be married here in America and married to you in Canada. I'll, I'll fly there. But um, so, I, you know, I have to sort of see, I think, like, I'll have to talk to my fiance and figure out, you know, what how she wants to have TV delivered to us. But um, so I'm I'm very much like, oh, I'll wait and see. But it it doesn't excite me. It doesn't it doesn't turn me off, and it doesn't excite me. It's just like, eh, I'll wait and see. I, it might it probably be something I would ignore because I would rather just use it for video games anyway. And having to teach Markel how to turn on the Xbox and use it properly would just be more trouble than it's worth. Yeah, that's the thing. It feels like this is pushing a focus away from games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was saying this before the cast that everybody's been trying to do this um, for years, but but Microsoft actually is doing it, trying to make your TV like the like 
trying to take over your TV and be the center of your living room. Like they were all talking about it for, I mean, Sony's been talking about it since the PS2. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it seems like Microsoft's finally doing it. The problem is they're doing it in 2013. What I don't know if anyone wants it anymore because, no. because there are so many ways to get content that you want. I understand like the idea behind trying to unify all those things into one spot, but even when they're unified, like there's still so many other avenues that we're, that we go through to get stuff, you know? Like how many fucking ways do you need to get yeah. Netflix to your television. Mm-hmm. Your television probably can do Netflix already by yes, itself. Exactly. You're 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 say you don't have a PS3, you just have a regular blue player Blu-ray player. Your TV can do it, your Blu-ray player can probably do it, your Xbox 360 can probably do it, your the Nintendo Wii. can do it. We can do your it. laptop can do it. Your iPad can do it. Your you iPad know? Oh, Wii. I know people who yep. only use their Wii for Netflix. Yep, me too. So <laughs> my so that was my instant reaction to it was just like, man, they finally did it. I don't know of anyone cares anymore um and and it made me kind of step back and say like man sony was very forward it it just shows the difference like this seems like a plan from like 2008 or 2009 whereas like sony's plan seems like for now i mean like sony's going very social with the streaming and the community and all the stuff they're doing um but that will still have a lot of the same functionality and ways to get other content it's just not the forefront so it just feels like this is a move away from games um to me was it was it so. this podcast where someone said like sony is you as like the creator of stuff like sharing everything and at microsoft you are the consumer yes yeah yeah i was talking about that a little bit ago yeah yeah um a few podcasts ago um Full circle, bringing it back around. I just thought that was like a really, a really good, like not to toot Eddie's horn, Eddie's horn for him, but I'm gonna a little bit. Hey, um, I've been wrong a lot lately, so you know, <laughs> I feel like it's true. Okay. And every time you are, we we get it in dividends. We're like, yes, talk shit about been, another game. I've, yeah, I've been wrong a lot, so um, just it's okay to toot me. You can just toot toot away, man. <laughs> but yeah, toot I just I just, <laughs> toot, toot. just give it a little toot. Just get up, just get up real close to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I just thought that was a really like <laughs> I can't even say what I'm going to say. Uh yeah. I just thought that was like a really accurate quote of how each of the big two companies are sort of viewing their install base for the next generation. Like Microsoft wants to sell you shit and yep. Sony wants to make video games like fun with your friends again. Or at yeah. least that is kind of how it looks. Yeah, it's like Sony wants you to build shit and Microsoft wants to sell it to you, you know? Yeah. I just want to play Yeah, I know. I think I just want to Can you just sell me a like a two hundred fifty dollar machine that can play games? Yeah, I feel like Ian Malcolm and should be like, uh, you are gonna have games on your, yeah. on your video game system, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. No, that that is a good point. So that is the Xbox stuff. Um does anyone else have anything to say about that stuff is before it- we talk about what a dick. Oh, you are such a fucking <laughs> asshole. <laughs> I just make it so much more work for Mitch. That's fine. I'm basically done school anyways. I got free time. I got no job. Um, <laughs> I just want to say, like, the next Xbox is looking, like, super unappealing to me. A lot of people have said that. I have had people on Twitter, like, when I've um, talked about this or whatever, and they've said, like, I'm a huge Xbox fan, and I... And, you know, based on the rumors right now, you know, everything can change once we see, you know, games. And, you know, once it becomes real, everyone will change their mind. Um, but it's weird how, like, it's just completely the opposite. Like, all this moment, it's like reverse momentum. Like, they were, the people that are doing well now, all of a sudden, are not, uh, in, at least in terms of the public eye. It's really weird. Were people not excited about the PS4? 
four reveal right before it came out. I can't remember. Like, was it kind of the same? Like, it could be. A thing I think where people, people were being excited. Neg- to where see people were being new. negative, and then it comes out, and they're like, oh, "Okay, cool," you know. But I can't remember how people were a few weeks leading up to the PS. People, I th- the, the from what I understand, and what I just the general feeling I got was people were excited because it was finally something new and next gen, mm-hmm. and so there was just a sense of excitement about, "Oh my God, yes, finally." And then when it came out, it was kind of like, oh, okay, that's pretty neat. Yeah, well, and so, also the PS4 didn't have all those like ugly rumors swirling around yeah. it. I mean, they've had some of the um, no-use game rumors, but they've they, they still haven't really addressed. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't, I don't want. I mean, it's it's funny. I go back and forth on the always online thing. Like, part of me like thinks it's ridiculous like okay yeah I'm always online anyway who cares but at the same time I still want to be able to own everything that is in my house you know what I mean like and SimCity has kind of showed like this is just not a good a good well, thing for anybody I was always of the opinion that I'm my I'm always online it won't be a problem but the problem is not with us yeah. who are always online it's they have to their internet has to work too yeah and it's like and, you haven't earned my trust you right, know. exactly, and we with why should you know, I trust you with five hundred bucks? That this is always going to work. Always online. How do you think it's going to go when Halo Five comes out? Yeah, you think you're going to be able to get on and play that night? Not a chance. So right, right there. Like if always online is the way, then I'm just going to be like, uh, I'll catch you later. Yeah, yeah that's my thing. I was like, I don't want an always online machine that won't let me play. Well, other you know, when Call of Duty, games, when the know? next Call of Duty comes out, and it's you know, and everyone's trying to get online at the same time just to play the single player. Yep, it's you know, it's gonna be a, oh god, it sounds like a nightmare just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, my choice. Oh, we're gonna put you in a queue and you can play in twenty minutes, and you gotta turn down the difficulty level because it's our servers can't handle you playing on veteran. <laughs> We had to turn off uh, Twitch aiming, so good luck with that. Yeah, everyone gets auto aim. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. If my choices fall as a new GPU or one of these new consoles, I know what I'm picking right now. Yeah, right now I'm leaning towards upgrading my PC. Um, maybe end of the year, early next year. So I mean, I, I, that could change. Like I'm, I'm still most interested in the PS4. Like I'm actually pretty, I'm actually pretty interested in it. Not as, not as a launch thing but i'm interested right. in what the machine could do and i would love to see more of what it can actually do um i just wish but. infamous was coming to pc then i'd be set but like if infamous is coming out i'm kind of just like ah, you might have me sony you might have me Alright, so this is the spoiler section of the podcast. We are going to be talking about spoilers for Bioshock Infinite. So, you have been warned that in the next few seconds we are going to start talking some major spoilers. This is your last chance to press the cancellation button. You just need to get out or you're going to hear that Booker DeWitt is Comstock. That one you're not bleeping, Mitch. That one I am not bleeping. That is raw. 
I want you to know, dear listeners, that Eddie has tried to spoil you three or four times already today. Just yeah. twice, okay. I think. I think that was the third. That was the third one. Yeah. 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 Okay, so I'm not really sure where to start this conversation. Uh, all three of us have finished Bioshock Infinite. Um, I think all three of us enjoyed it. Uh, I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah, I think Anthony liked it. All right. I no, I thought uh, Anthony was like kind of like iffy on it. Yeah, Anthony's not really sure. He feels kind of on the fence. <laughs> I know how I feel. I got to write a whole two thousand word review about how I think it's the best game I've ever played. Yeah, so Anthony. Why don't you guys go? The first. best game he's ever played. Um, I lo- I don't. I'm. I don't want to sit here and just be like, I loved it, and here's why. I feel like we'll kind of get into that as we go. Um, so I'm trying to think of like a good starting point for this. I probably should have had some notes or an outline right, well, or something. Did, Eddie, um, we just. When oh, ended, you're going to moderate. Go for it. When the when the credits rolled, like more, yeah. When the screen went black and the credits started rolling, like, what did you think right then? How did you feel? I felt good. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, here's the thing. Bioshock Infinite. I don't. Uh, I. I don't feel like it's the great. You know, it's so weird to be having a conversation like this. I don't think it's the greatest game I've ever played. Like, it's funny. It's 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 nice that a game of that caliber has come out that we can actually talk in those kinds of terms mm-hmm. um, it's it's easily one of the best like entertainment experiences I've had on any medium um, I I think on some levels I've said this to you guys so you guys have heard me say it a million times already but it, on, I feel like on a few levels it fails like as a game um, and there's some like the more distance I've had from it the more I'm like man there are parts of that I just was kind of annoyed by and was like well whatever but the story you know but the the story and the execution of that are just completely unmatched um i think we can safely say it's the best ending to any video game oh yeah and that's the thing like the ending the ending pretty much blew my mind like the the last 30 minutes of that like i love that you have your final confrontation and then you have like 20 30 minutes to just absorb um what's going on and walk through it i had to like call my wife in almost like hey you have to look at this yeah you need to come and see this you know, um, and I showed like, and I showed her the the section where you're walking between all the lighthouses, um, and I'm like, and I'm showing her and like turning, and I'm like, I'm like, that's us, like that's other characters, other people, other players, other yeah. versions of, um, you know, and gosh, at some point we need to, during this conversation we need to talk about the meta narrative of stuff about why this game works only as a game and not as anything else, right? Um, but yeah, it just blew my mind because it, it really was a masterpiece, like the ending. Um, and I think it solidified the game itself, the experience as a masterpiece. Uh, so that's kind of how I felt. Like it was just very, I was very moved. Um, and it was kind of like a, I hate to use the word, it was like a transcendent experience because it was like this game that's the word shot I used above. Last night, yeah. Yeah, this game just shot above what other games even think to aim for um, and did it well. Anyway, I've talked for a while already. Mitch. Yeah, let's go. So when I beat, Bi- I'm gonna do a little storytelling here. When I beat Bioshock Infinite, I just sort of like lean back in my chair, and I just sort of let the experience wash over me because there was really no other way to process what I had just been through. Like Bioshock Infinite as a story and as like not necessarily a video game experience because I sort of agree with Eddie that a lot of the gameplay is super- is not the greatest. But as something that I I had experienced, I just needed like the credits were perfect. The perfect time I needed to just sort of like pick oh, yeah. pick apart in my mind everything that had happened in that game and just turn everything over and just think about the presentation and the storytelling and the interaction between Dewitt and Elizabeth or Anna. Uh, 
because because Elizabeth is Dewitt's daughter. Spoilers. We're um, gonna talk about that next. Keep going, and we'll talk. Let's. We'll. That'll be I'm the next thing we talk about. In a little yeah. email for myself. Yeah. So no. I, can I just. Yeah, that'll be the next thing we talk stuff. about. Is like the is the big twist. No. 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 I'm just. I'm. Do, I'm doing a riff on your Dewitt is Comstock. Yes. <laughs> um. Is Comstock. Is I always called him. Uh, I always forget his first name now. I get it. Zachary. Hale Zachary. Comstock. Zachary Comstock. Zachary. Um, <laughs> kind of an expert game right now. You are derailing me severely. <laughs> um, but no, I just. I just I was just grateful for that opportunity at the end of the game to just sort of like remember the experience that I had had like walking around the fair in Battleship Bay is like some of the most impactful imagery and set dressing I had ever seen in a video game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I I think Anthony at one point you said like you felt grateful to have played BioShock Infinite. Right, and it's so weird to say about a stupid video game. No, but, I feel the same way. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I was just so glad that I had played that game. Like it it was incredible. And what's funny, by the way, is Mitch had sent me an email after he beat it saying that, you know, he'd kind of figured out the twist, you know, that, that Comstock was um, DeWitt. And so he said it kind of, you know, that part felt, felt a little flat for him, but, he, you know, he did enjoy it or whatever. And then, like, two days later, he sends me an email and he's like, I can't stop thinking about the ending of that game. <laughs> Which I thought was, like, great. I was like, yes, yeah, see, it creeps into your mind. Yeah, like, like even... You know, even even if you can figure out some things ahead of time, yeah. Like, like I figured out, hits. I figured out that Elizabeth was his daughter. Um, I, th- I told you where it was, Anthony. I can't remember now where I figured it out, but it was. Um, was I, was it the mental institution? Because that's where I sort of clued in. It was a little bit before that. Okay. Um, where I was like, oh, she's his daughter. <laughs> um, I hate to say figured it out because it's like it makes me you know I hate when people are like oh I totally yeah. figured out that because yeah, it's first not like that it's just yeah, it's one of the like things that just eight... kind of dawned on me a little bit I was like oh she's his daughter you yeah. know yeah I had it like I had like some things I was like oh I think this I think this but the way then, then we start jumping into the different parallel worlds and everything it, like the game would keep surprising me with stuff that I'm like well maybe I'm not right about that let me hold off on that you know so um, so like I it, it um, I didn't really figure out much of anything by the end I'm pretty dumb that way um, <laughs> when it comes to a, a games and stuff like that like if I'm watching Desperate Housewives I can sit there and be like this is going to happen then this then this and, and, and wrestling by the way but when it comes to like things like this I'm, I'm no good at that um, but yeah like it just it was uh, the the way I would uh, like well, let me just explain like when I first beat it like I was just completely floored like when you go back to Rapture like my jaw uh, just hit I, the ground, and I just sat there for the rest of the the time playing through the ending, just in stunned silence. I, I see. I didn't even like play through the first Bioshock, but when we, we but when you go back to Rapture, I was like, oh wow, like, yeah, yeah that, that that got me. That yeah, moment. that was that was even though incredible. I hadn't then, even really played through the first one. So I imagine for someone that like loved the game, that I was like, a, <gasps> you know, oh yeah, no, I was like trying to explore and get ever to other places for you know see if I could get out of that area. Apparently, you oh. can hear the songbird yes. in the first Bioshock. I was gonna, I was yes. gonna bring this up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a part when you're dealing with I think Sander Cohen. Yes. Uh, you uh, yeah, you can hear the the sound that um, Songbird makes when he dies. Whether that's was it definitely an intentional thing or not, you know, we don't know. But um, it's pretty neat. I can't wait to. There's so many like interviews I want to re- read with Ken Levine like six months from now. Yeah. Is it uh, is it weird that I want to go back and play the original Bioshock? Just like put it on easy so I don't have to wrestle with. I kind of want to. I kind of want to do the same thing. I, I want to do it too, and I've already you know played that game before. Um, but then you know I, it was weird. It was the weirdest thing because like, I beat the game, and then like, 
I stayed up till 2 a.m. like reading like you know explanations and theories on the endings and, and and stuff like that. I just wanted to see what other people thought about it. And then I went to bed. I woke up the next day and I still I couldn't stop thinking about it. That's when I wrote that review. I just like had to get that out of me. Like cause I just like wanted to talk about it. And I, none of you guys have beaten it, so I couldn't talk about it with anybody. Um, and so then like. I replayed the game. I started replaying it, which I never have done. I never immediately started replaying a game after beating it. Oh, who are you, Mitch? Yeah, I know, right? Jeez. Like, I don't have thousands of other... Like, I didn't have Tomb Raider already sitting there waiting for me. Um, and then... and Because like, I kind of got a little sad near the end of the game. By the way, when when you have the baby in the... Cri- I'll get to that in a second. I'll, um, we'll come back to that. But, like, I got a little sad near the end of the game, but, like... I was so busy like absorbing like the narrative I didn't really like feel the emotion that I probably um for some reason needed to like I maybe I was sad that Elizabeth was gone or maybe I was just sad that the experience was over so then when I beat it I'm not kidding I cried like and not just like a like oh like a single solitary tear like I mean I like like cried like a sob and it was the weirdest and it was the second time playing like why? Like, but I, for some reason, I just needed to play. I needed this like cathartic release of playing it. And then the minute I was done with it, I was like, I'm done with it. Like, it's out of my system now, and I feel better. Like, it's the weirdest thing. I've never experienced this with any game, and very few movies or books or anything like that. So, when I tell you that this is my favorite game, or this is the best game that I have ever played, uh, that's why. So, I understand that's not gonna be that way for everybody, but I just had to explain that so like it's not hyperbole when i say it i fucking mean it (laughs) yeah it's funny for me like there are certain um things like movies or books certain things that when i when i watch them for the first time or i read them for the first time or whatever that they make me want to like go create like they make me want to go write or they make me want to go made me want to throw away the story i've been writing because i'm like it's not good yeah. it's not good <laughs> but you know what i mean they, they make me want to go create things um and there are certain movies that when they're done they like leave that impression on me um and to me that's like when something like really affects me and it was like that's kind of how i felt when like that was done i was like i just want to go make things you know yes. um i want to go create worlds <laughs> you know what's great about this is and i, I said this to you eddie and i uh, that phone call whatever is ken levine isn't like he doesn't wish he was a director he doesn't wish he was a novelist he is content to make games and tell stories making games that only games can tell yeah let's and talk about that now let's talk about the meta, let's talk about the meta narrative yeah 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 um well uh well the ending you know when you get to all the lighthouses um that is representative of not only the other players who have played this game bioshock infinite you know like when Elizabeth talks about constants and variables, the constant is we all end up at the same place at the end of the game. The variables is, well, maybe you did this. Maybe you use these weapons and you use these vigors and I use these ones. You know, So there's different variables, but it, in a game, we all play it. The journey is different for each of us, but the destination is all the same. Uh, for the most part, with some you know some games, obviously are different with multiple endings. Yeah, I like that they even had like it's basically it's like these are your other playthroughs. These are other people play. You know what I mean? Like it's it's right. essentially what it is. Like it's about the experience of being the game player. Even like Dewitt's memories. It's like that. Basically, it's like you started only having these memories, and they're like they basically said he started filling them in. And but that's what you do as a player for Dewitt. You fill in what mm-hmm. you don't know. You just have your mission, what you've been told. 
um, and they keep repeating the mission to you, so it becomes your mission. You know what I mean? So it's even it's interesting because it's like as a player, you are in the same shoes as DeWitt, who doesn't know what he's there for. He only has these memories that you've been shown. Um, and, and he's limited yeah. by what he can do in the game. Um, like in the the scene that actually really started to get to me was when you have to give the baby to the test. And um, by the way, I actually to tell you how great Elizabeth is as a character, I actually looked at her as if to apologize. Like I just like looked at her and, like I'm so sorry. Like you know I you know I didn't know what I was doing. Um, but like she tells you, you don't leave this room until you give him the baby, uh, and you can't. The game stops you, and that's sort of a, a comment too. It's like there's no way to get past him without you know doing what the game tells you to do. Um, well, and, and also, you were telling me something interesting about the first scene with um right when you're when you're rowing and they have that weird that conversation that by the way I'll just go back and play the first 30 minutes of this game after beating it and you'll get so much out of it that you'll be stunned so by much is staring you in the face yeah yeah screaming the solution to the entire game at you but um when you, the testers are rowing you out there and by the way they were fantastic um Jennifer Hale the voice of the woman I yep. didn't realize it yep um it also but, uh, like really tripped me out that they're the same person, but from like they're different the same person, yes. dimensions. Born a man and a woman in different worlds. Yeah. Brilliant. Apparently, the Y chromosome really held him back because he didn't get to invent all that cool stuff that she did. <laughs> um, but they they're rowing you out there, and they have this conversation about. She's like, "Why don't you ask him to row?" And he goes, "He doesn't row." And she's like, "He doesn't row," and she and he says, "No, he doesn't row." And she's like, "Ah, I see what you mean." And that's because there's no button to row. There's no option. And what they're also what we're talking about is all the different times they've taken Booker through the worlds to try to get him to do this. He has never rowed the boat before. Yeah, like and it's just not like, a that's just not a thing that he does in the boat. He can't, <laughs> you can't do it. Uh, so it, it it just slaps you in the face the entire time. Like the the coin toss, you know, that's the illusion of choice, and it's one of the the constants and variables variables they were talking about. Like every time Booker has come, they ask him to flip the coin and and guess or to guess the coin. And oh no yeah, so what, when they're marking, they're marking how many times it was heads or tails. It's how many times he's been book, through. That Booker has gone through. And gotten, oh my gosh! Yeah, it's like I didn't even think about that. Third time or something like that that he's he's come through, and um, and that's another thing: the the illusion of choice. You know, you have no say in how the coin lands, but you can choose what you call in the air. I got and, different. Um, I got different things the two times I did that. What do you mean? Like, because I did it, and then because of the game's crappy autosave system, mm-hmm. um, I had to replay that thing again. And I one time Booker called heads, one time he called tails. Oh yeah. Or one time it landed heads, one time it landed tails. And I was like, huh. <laughs> but yeah. Hmm. hmm. It landed tails. Yep. Oh wow! I didn't. Oh okay. I didn't <laughs> think that was possible. <laughs> so yeah, but. But anyway, I just th- I think that that whole thing is a very neat kind of commentary, and it's one of those things that makes it only work as a game. Like it's more powerful because you played as Booker and you did you all got those to things. Do these things with and with Elizabeth, who yeah. um, you know we should we probably mentioned her at some point. Um, you know, like she was just uh, she was great. Like I mean, she really she was the Disney princess in a tower, and uh, she felt like all the little. Like the the kind of cute way she would like sort of hop from place to place, like usually when she had a lock pick or something like that. Um, like she just was very endearing, and like you know, I think uh, a lot of lonely gamers are going to have crushes on her for a long time. The slash fiction is going to be great. 
That's even worse when you consider that DeWitt is her dad. Doesn't have to be yeah. with DeWitt. Doesn't have to be with DeWitt. Songbird. <laughs> there you go. Uh. I, by the way, do you think maybe Songbird is DeWitt? Like maybe one of the times he came through, he actually took up Fink on his offer as head of security, and they just turned him into Songbird? Oh, that's weird. That would have been. That's what I was thinking the, the entire time. I was, I, that's what I thought what the twist was. I'm like, I'm going to find out I'm song, Songbird. That actually would have kind of made sense. Yeah, yeah, maybe in the the DLC, we'll find out. But um, but yeah, I th- Songbird wasn't as big. I know there was a lot of changes made to the game during development, but Songbird yeah, Summer wasn't as was as prominent as I thought he would be. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like that was really interesting when you get to the end of the game and then they kind of do all these multiple things. And when I was actually really shocked about him being Comstock, like that hadn't even entered my head. Um, that that he was also when uh, I killed a him and my nose started bleeding because I mistakenly thought the nosebleed was when you're when your other part, you know, your other half in this world dies, I thought then, I'm like, oh, I'm Comstock. I knew right then, but the, the nosebleed is actually when you're trying to reconcile your memories, not yeah. someone dies. So that was just my mistake that led me to the, to the right answer. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's really interesting that, like, in the... It's, it's a fun play on, like, the whole baptism, salvation thing, too. Like, in the... <laughs> the idea that, that the Booker DeWitt... That, <laughs> Booker's just a bad person. The yes. Booker DeWitt that repents... Turns into Comstock. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the Booker to Wit that doesn't want to be a murderer anymore becomes Comstock, which is right. pretty messed up. Yeah, like yeah, arguably like because, way worse than the Booker. Yeah. yeah, because the one the Booker, we'll just call him Booker and Comstock. Booker, who doesn't get baptized, he feels guilt for what he's done, and he, I guess, you know, carving the the initials in his hand is like penance and stuff like that. Comstock feels absolved of his sins and so therefore feels he could do bad things because it's okay now. You know what I mean? Like, he can continue to do bad things because he has been baptized and he's this new man and he doesn't see them as being bad things anymore. Um, so he just takes, he just totally misunderstands the entire purpose of, you know, baptism and being born again. Uh, so it's, it, it, he takes it to this extreme and it, it's just funny how, like, you know, they portray the, um, the, the one who doesn't get baptized is the one who actually feels guilt about things and the one who doesn't thinks he's doing and the one who does get baptized is the one who's like I'm righteous and holy so everything I do is okay I feel like my only and I don't I don't, I don't want to sit around I'm, I'm, I don't even feel like niggling about like plot holes or anything like that um, the only thing that to me was unclear because like it's one thing to be a plot hole it's one thing but it's one thing to be kind of unclear mm-hmm. um, the only thing that was unclear to me was okay so he repents you know gets baptized who was the archangel? Because they always talk about an archangel. Like, I've done some reading, and basically the impression that everyone has is, well, it's mainly that he there was no archangel, that he was just seeing other versions of other worlds and saw how it always played out. Um, and so that there was no archangel. But I still got the sense, because even from Comstock's own mouth, um, it did feel like that, that, he, had, that, that got he legitimately cut. believed that he saw something. Um, so it felt like there was more than just he saw all the worlds and then came and then decided to change things mm-hmm. um, by becoming the prophet. It really seemed like that there was someone that told him, um, and that part wasn't clear or resolved to me. Could it have been the uh, Lutesses? Yeah, I'm wondering if maybe because some of the statues of the or of like what seems to be the archangel. I was like, I was actually just thinking as you were talking right now. I'm like, do any of them look like Rosalind Lutes? Yeah. See, I always thought maybe it was Elizabeth. You know, um, maybe he came and told him, or that's what I thought it was like at the beginning before I knew everything. Um, but I don't know if that still works now because I don't. 
don't know why she would. I feel like maybe that's something that was perhaps cut because we know a lot of things from this yeah. game changed. So maybe that was um, cut. Um, my based on what we have in the game, I think he probably just made it up. Like he was seeing the holes that Lutest has made, mm-hmm. seeing all these futures, and he just invented it. Um, uh, and uh, what's the word? <laughs> God, uh, an archangel. He invented it uh, to be the reason for his his visions because we know he wasn't above murder. That's true, and lying, uh, and, and 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 lying, yeah. and and you know, not kidnapping, but you know, by purchasing of a child. Um, speaking of which, um, do you guys think, based on the post credits ending, um, do you think? And which it's funny because the post credits ending is totally Schrodinger's cat. You know, she's both there and not there until you open the door. Um, do you think? Anna is back in the crib like some people are really unclear like whether or not she's really back in the crib and Booker gets her I think obviously she is because that's the only way it makes sense oh well this is going to be an inception argument all over again but I don't I don't I don't think that the post credits ending is really saying anything about what happens now because the impression I got is like for one thing like because I hadn't put together that he was Comstock until the moment they say it at the very last minute I was like oh fuck (laughs) (laughs) the game ended (laughs) um, but that moment was actually really cool because but by doing that by instead you know because that was the whole thing he had to drown him before he's born Um, by doing that he eliminated everything I mean, like, he snuffed out, and that's why all the Elizabeths disappeared. Like, he snuffed out... Well, this, he this snuff, is... I thought he snuffed out everything, because that was the only thing. Like, if you want to stop all this from happening in any world, you have to eliminate Comstock. And yeah. the only way to eliminate Comstock is to kill Booker DeWitt in that moment, like, to 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 drown the baby, essentially, before he becomes Comstock. And so my impression was that they snuffed out everything. There, That there is no Elizabeth, no, no Anna, no no Booker DeWitt, no Comstock from that point on, that they snuffed it all out um, starting there at that point. Um, and so my whole thing about the post-credits, I think it's just a little nod at another world that could have been. You know? Oh, see, I take it the uh, the, the opposite way of um, by killing the one who you know, like I think she says, like after he makes the decision before the baptism or before he makes the decision, I forget what she said right now. Um, but killing the one in the world who accepts the baptism, um, then you eliminate that one. So then the other Booker who never accepted the baptism still is around, you know, in in that world. And the Elizabeth disappearing is because um, because Comstock does not exist. The Elizabeth we know will never exist. Mm-hmm. She will grow up with a deadbeat dad who has gambling debts, and she will probably never love Paris and never get to go there and have. Probably not a great life, but she'll get to be with, <laughs> and she'll but she'll get to be with her dad, and she'll have and all of her fingers. She'll have all of her fingers, and and it's like it's kind of it's a bitter. That's probably maybe where I cried, um, but like it's a it's a sad, bittersweet kind of ending. But he gets to, he gets his daughter, and to me, that's how I choose to see it, and I'm I'm content with that. Yeah, I think I, th- I think both interpretations work. Honestly, yeah, yeah, and you know. that's that's what's great about it. It's uh, well, yeah, it's, it's exactly you know, like you said. It's kind of like an Inception thing. I think it's open to interpretation for just that yeah. reason. Yeah. yeah, and the thing with the door is that the reason the door. I mean, it's like I said, it's Schrodinger's cat. Like you know, he opens the door and then it goes black before you can see what it is because yeah. in that moment it's she's there and not there. Not there. Yeah, she's um, a cat. <laughs> the cat. 
man, what a great game. Like seriously, like that that ending seriously just rocked me. Yeah. Um, I like how they and, I like how they spend like 30 minutes just to like break everything down for you. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, well, to have some falling about, like, action and, you know, was nice. Like a moment to breathe and kind of just be whisked away by this ending. Um and gosh, um uh, everybody the wants music. to rule the world has been stuck in my head since that game ended. The music, but when I when I beat the game the first time, and uh, the credits were rolling, and I was just sitting there, and then it started playing "God Only Knows" again, like you know during the credits, the full thing. Uh, that's when I was just like, I was listening to the lyrics, and then like knowing what I know now, and I'm like, man, he picked the perfect songs, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> like these, the, the lyric just, just totally speak to the game. So that was really well done. Like just so incredible. Oh, and Eddie, you would um, I think you had texted me during the the um the scene where they sing the hymn. Yes, with uh, the seeing the let the circle, circle be unbroken or whatever. Uh, yeah. I knew you would love re- that. moment really rocked me. Oh, the one where um, Booker's playing the guitar in a little Yeah, yeah. Like, this game just had some moments like that, and like that was one of them where I just stopped and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this game is like breathtaking," you know. Or when you first find her dancing in Battleship Bay. Yeah. Um, you know, Sounds I was great. like, I was like, this game is just like breathtaking. I think I saw a tweet from Ben Kuchera today that said like, if I could have like a Dear Esther type of version of Bioshock Infinite where it just like takes out all the combat and I can just walk through all like the world building type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and th- this is one of the things I was actually saying to Jeff too, because here's like my thing. There's like, and and let this all be said with a caveat of like, there needs to be a term for when you like are nitpicking something because it's good <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. like, because it's so good it makes the stuff that's not as good really stand out in my mind um so there's there needs to be some kind of term for that um because that's what this is um but the, the comment kind of bugged me it wasn't bad like it really wasn't just bad at all um it was serviceable but i, I it felt like because so much care had gone in to the rest of this that you it the game could have been shot like it already is in the stratosphere, but it could have just been this thing. I don't even know how to describe it. Like if it had had, if it, because it, it's possible it to have, like it's Batman possible, Arkham City yes. or something like that, we would have lost our shit. Yeah, it's possible to have transcendent gameplay and transcendent storytelling. You know what I mean? Like right. it's possible to do both, and so many games fail at both. So I really like the, the story was so good. I really wanted it. The gameplay had that promise. Like the first time you start grappling on Skylines, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be neat. And the very first encounter. Um, around the Hall of Heroes where you're really kind of doing it and hopping around everywhere in a bigger area. I was like, this is really cool and you're doing the tears and all that. But then after that, I feel like that was actually the best one of those. After that, the areas felt pretty stale. The, the skyline usually just went in one circle. You know, um, you generally had cover or an automaton. You know, that it all felt pretty samesy. Um, yeah, and then like the uh, the handyman, there weren't they were scary. There weren't enough encounters with them, actually. I, f- I could have done with I a couple like more. Three, I think. Yeah, maybe three. three. I yeah, didn't. Like three. I didn't really think they were fun to fight because they got they got up in your grill like way too quickly, and there wasn't really a. No, yeah, no, I would. Yeah, I wouldn't exactly call them fun to fight. Yeah, but, but they were. There wasn't really were like a vigor that was effective against them because the. Uh, they yeah. were actually kind of bullshit because they yeah. had to <laughs> shield and energy and health. Yeah, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, and whoa. if you want to use a skyline to get away from them, they like electrocute the skyline. Yeah. So. And yeah. then they rush, I, I, and then they get right up in your face again. You just really just sit there and like spam your trigger button. Yeah, pretty much. John, Jonathan Blow actually wrote a thing about um, about shields that he thinks that that because 
he sort of pinned it on Halo. He's like, but now you have all these modern shooters that do shields, and it just makes gameplay developers lazy. He's like, mm-hmm. because the, once you have shields, basically the only way to co- to counteract shields is like a game design element is just to like like pepper the player with all these bullets from angles that they have no idea where it's coming from. Like that's right. the only way to uh, to counteract it because otherwise it's so hard to be in danger and you have to feel in danger to get that rush. So it's like the only way to do that is just like slam the player from all angles and then you and then every game has to come out with some kind of enemy or attack that takes down all your shields and some of your health all at once. A kind of bullshit attack to make up for the fact that you don't have shield or that you know it's hard to die. Um, so I thought that was actually kind of an interesting take. That's a good point. And what what I liked about this game, and this game was not the perfect difficulty level. Medium was pretty easy, but I wanted it to be easy because one, I wanted to uh, get through the story. Oh, I, and bumped also, it down, I bumped it down to easy a little bit after halfway through the game because I was like, oh, really? forget it, I'm just going to finish oh, this game. But see, with medium, it was still easy enough that I could then like experiment with the vigors and do the skyline stuff and sort of you know just kind of experiment and go crazy and have fun. After Did I you beat use it, use many vigors. Yes, no. All the time. I used. One. I only used. I only used crow, and possession. Pretty much oh, all the you, time. You would have had a lot easier time if you'd used the electro shot. No, I did. I did. I did use them, but I found it was just so much. It was just so easy to like pause everybody with, with crow, possess a couple of people, and just keep spamming crow and then create traps. And well, like it, yeah, I never used them the traps at all. What I did was um, like with the handyman. Every time I hit him with the electricity, he would stop for a second, so then I could blast him with my shotgun a bunch of times. And then um, the other one I used was Bucking Bronco, which just you know yep. lifts everybody into the air. And with that, I mean, you just yeah, I did that. I did that in content, like in the in the right context. But I felt like you just didn't need anything else other than a couple of them. Yeah, Bucking, Bucking Bronco I found was like incredibly overpowered. Yeah, yeah, that was great. But like I was saying, like um, uh, after I beat it the first time, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna try 1999 mode. This is my second time through. That's stupid. I know there's going to be people out there who on the site who played it. I mean, if you have it and you played it and you had fun, that's great. I didn't have any fun with that. I only played it for like an hour that way because you literally have to hide behind cover constantly waiting for your shield to recharge. And while that may be challenging, it's not fun. Yeah. And so I then I bumped it down to hard and I beat it on hard the second time. And that was like, oh, that was a good, fair challenge. I, I, I like that. But the 1999 brought into perspective how dumb the shield thing is with the bad game design that you were talking about, Eddie. Mm-hmm. Because like constantly I just had to sit there and wait wait for the shield to recharge now I can pop out take three yeah, shots highlights back the to the shield and I was just like this is not remotely fun I can't use my vigors because I can't be out long enough to use them yeah it's like a I lot want... of how Halo Legendary feels where yeah. like it just becomes mm-hmm. cheap as opposed to challenging right um, yeah one, so what I was I, I totally forgot what I was saying a minute ago but uh, what I was talking to Jeff about you know because Jeff hasn't finished it but and I was kind of telling him some of my thoughts about the combat and stuff can you imagine how mediocre of a game Walking Dead would have been if if it's in between its kind of cutscenes and dialogue choices it had been interspersed with so-so shooting like how that game would have gone from being a phenomenal game to just kind of a mediocre game you know what I mean if you had had to suffer through like another 10 hours of like just shooting or meaningless gameplay you know oh yeah no that 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 doesn't sound appealing to me at all yeah exactly and so i'm not saying that bioshock's like shooting is like terrible or whatever but it's interesting that like i mean it says a lot about the the actual um story experience that despite you know what i mean like that i still really enjoyed it despite what i felt was like just okay kind of shooting but like think about the walking dead like that game would have been so bad <laughs> if they had made you do lots of hours of that. Yeah, and 
give us a so it's interesting that we can tolerate it in something like Bioshock Infinite. Um, well, the story the story makes like everything tolerable. Like uh, it was funny because like I was talking to a guy on Twitter yesterday. We were having a friendly discussion about this, and he said one of his arguments about the game. I think he didn't like it as much as I did. Obviously, was um, that there have been plenty of great stories in video games, and like I've I've loved some stories in video games. I think largely a lot of them are crap. I can't think of anyone that any story in any game that has been as good as this. And I can't think of several that were, but you know, like I, plenty of great stories. Like I, I can't think of anything that's me personally moved me like this. You know what I mean? Well, I think like, it's more about how it was executed than like the quality of the actual story. Well, yeah, but, but I mean, yeah, that's the like, execution. That's, yeah. That's, I mean, plenty of like plenty of movies have good stories, but they're executed poorly. So you say that movie sucked. Yeah. You know, like, so it's all about the execution and, and the story. Like you can have, you know, it, it's like we said, it, it's the totality of the package. Yeah. You know, this is a game that is greater than the sum of its parts. And, um, you know, I just, uh, I don't know, I just haven't seen anything that's, like, quite as good as, as this in that way. But, you know, I don't know. Like, I just feel like, like like we like you mentioned earlier, um, uh, graphics and more memory and bigger and more expansive worlds with less load times are not holding video games back uh it's it's only your own like execution and imagination yeah, and creativity <laughs> that is holding games back um to me honestly like like i like i said in my review this is a this is a big game changer for me like it's like seeing star wars in the movie theater for the first time back in 1977 like this is everything that came before it and there is like now the after like we've seen what games can do this is the to me this is the pinnacle of a video game narrative um, so now I want to see everybody else not copy it, obviously, but be inspired by this. Create something great. Someone's proven that they can do it. So now it's your turn. Yeah, I feel like in a lot of ways this is like game my... developers that listen to this podcast. <laughs> I feel like in a lot of ways this is like my Final Fantasy VII of this gen. You know I mean, there was just that moment where it was like, oh my gosh, this like I didn't know that I could that game stories because that's the thing; it only works as a game. I feel like the game stories could do this. Um, but I actually wanted to talk about something else real quick. When I was playing it, I and I had this feeling while I was playing it that like like Columbia just as a setting was so perfect and so well done and kind of what Mitch was saying that like just walking around battle like some of my favorite my favorite parts of the game were just walking around Battleship Bay, um like the fair. Um uh, there's other stuff I love, but I felt like the game was for me at its best when I was able to just walk around and and take in the world and learn about it. Like I was like like gobbling it up. Yeah, the best part uh, about the world building in Infinite is it's like very organic. Like none of yeah. it none of it feels forced. You just sort of like glean all this little bits bits and pieces of informa- information about Columbia just by walking through it. Yeah, every time they dropped you into it, like when they when you first kind of get over towards uh the the gunsmith shop, like every like and they drop you in there and you can just walk around for a little bit. Like every time I had the chance to just do that, I always like was really happy. Like I always breathed a sigh of relief. It's like, oh, I just get to like walk around and. and oh do yeah, stuff. like yeah, I would delay going to the yeah. objectives because I just wanted to let me let me walk around. And they always did a good job of never forcing you through an area and letting mm-hmm. you explore each area before they, you know, like you always knew when it was time to move on. Yeah. So it it made me wish, you know, and obviously like, and Mitch kind of made fun of me when I was talking to Mitch about this because he was like, oh, Bioshock would be better if it were a different game, you know. But <laughs> it made me wish that that it had more of a uh, mission structure, kind of like a Deus Ex. And that's a game that 
did have it because Deus Ex also had like amazing world building and you could just walk around and kind of choose your missions a little bit um, even though it wasn't like you were going into levels you know what I mean like you you could see something and you can kind of go there and wander around um, to see something that combined that world building with the the mission design and stuff um, I'm not, I didn't want like some like huge open world game but just something with a little bit of um, to combine that and I actually read a comment on Kotaku I know you shouldn't read the comments but I read this comment that I thought was really good um, where someone basically he was saying um, he's like the player is empowered they have no real resources to manage health kits are gone it's just salts and ammo um, he says you're always with Elizabeth who finds resources for you combat takes place more often than not within designed arenas meaning that Irrationals workers wanted combat to happen as opposed to like Bioshock or System Shock 2 where you know um if you got into a fight, it's because you chose to or you screwed up. Um, but then what he kind of talked about was, uh, like, imagine what if it, if it, what it would be like if Comstock was desperate to keep news of Elizabeth out of the hands of the people, make it easier for you to blend in with crowds. Imagine if the game employed social stealth, like Hitman or Deus Ex, where you could talk your way out of situation. Imagine if all the lessons of the shock lineage descends from the same lessons employed by Far Cry 2, by Deus Ex, by Thief, by Dishonored, by Stalker. Like saying, like, if you had to visit the Hall of Heroes during the daytime while crowds were there, imagine talking to people rather than fighting them, losing yourself in a crowd, etc. Well, um, the funny like, thing that is, game like, would be pretty cool. <laughs> the, oh, yeah, the funny thing awesome. is, like, early early on in the game when you go into somebody's house, like, a tooltip actually comes up and says, like, you know, you don't always have to fight people. You should try just, like, not... Yeah, violence isn't always the answer. Yeah. Or something like that. But there's only, like, one time in the game where I feel like that works. Yeah. Is when you're... In, when you're um, in the asylum-y kind of area later and there's those spotlight things I feel like it's the only time that you can avoid fights right I guess so I mean uh, there's a couple t- there's a couple times where if you like I, I sort of when feel like outside of also Shantytown yeah when you go Shantytown down, and Fink's Factory I think if no, you don't if you, initiate uh, combat because there's times when like I went did you go to the bar in Shantytown and yeah. then if you go behind the bar the guy pulls out a shotgun yeah but I mean and, like but areas with soldiers get away you mean I mean like areas with soldiers you can't really get past like doors will not open unless you just kill everything. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, there's a few areas where you can like be a dick and then get shot. <laughs> yeah, because you don't even have to like kill that guy. If you just hang out behind the bar long enough, he'll fucking yeah. shoot your ass. Yeah. So by the way, there's a there might be a trophy for drinking a bunch of liquor, getting drunk, and killing five people while drunk. I may have killed everyone in that bar to get it. And then you went downstairs and played the guitar and had Elizabeth and sing. played the guitar and that kid who, as parents, I probably just murdered, got to hear a pretty song. You got a pretty girl, gave him an apple. So you, oh, did, you uh, evened it out. Hey, man. The circle will be unbroken. I just got to do some shit. You got to open up a terror to a new reality where you didn't do that. I got to tear this world a new one. Okay, so speaking about the terrors and stuff, actually, me and Anthony were talking about this. Um, right when I felt like the game was throwing you into, like, I was like, oh my god, fetch you're having quest. to fetch quests. I was like, oh my god, I'm about to start fetch questing. This is really dumb. Like, like I went to go find this guy and he's dead. Now I'm going to have to go find something else. Like, Then all of a sudden you start hopping between worlds. I was like, okay, this is cool. Like, Now they've perked There are two scenes up. that gave me like actual chills. One is when Elizabeth opens the tear and you see Return- Revenge of the Jedi on the marquee. Mm-hmm. And one when, when you see Chen Lin dead... And then the Lutesses appear. Yes. And that in the shadows they or give. Whatever. Yeah, in the, in the shadows and that, that creepy, ominous atmosphere. And they give that speech about from this angle, alive and dead. And then you realize you have to, you're going to jump into another world. Yeah. And I got goosebumps. Where I'm like, 
oh, this game is getting fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is great. So, yeah, I really love that. And I actually had chills the moment when you step out and, like, New York City's, like, on fire. That, you know? that was another one. Yeah, with old Elizabeth. By the way, like, the sounds of her being tortured and, and screaming and everything, like, oh, God, I... I still explored, but I wasn't happy about it. You know? Oh man, when she when she opened, oh, that was another moment when she opened the tear and the tornado was there. Oh yes, I that that blew me away. Yeah, that was, <laughs> she was like threatening <laughs> you too. It? She's like, "What are you gonna do to stop me?" Blew me away, tornado. Yeah, right. yeah. Is it yeah. Lowe's? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but that was a moment <laughs> where I was like, "Oh, where's this game going?" Because the second time she opens it up, she's like, "What are you gonna do to stop me, Booker?" You know, he's like nothing. I'm just gonna, I'll kill Comstock for you. So, yeah, I wish. Here's one thing: the only thing I pretty much ever watched of this game is that moment where Elizabeth saves you from the songbird, and I wish that they hadn't shown that because it's something that happens so late in the game. Um, like that moment where she says, like, you know, it was like something from an E3 a couple years ago. I feel like even where she does the hands to her neck. You know, yeah, don't let him take me. Don't let him take me. And then, like, he shows up, and then she's like, take me, you mm-hmm. know? I feel like I saw that a couple of years ago. And it's, like, the only thing I've ever seen, practically, besides a trailer. Um, I don't so even I think was, I saw that. I just yeah, heard, I was really oh, disappointed. Bioshock Infinite? Okay, let me know when it's out. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I know there was a lot of people on um, Reddit who were very annoyed with some of the things they saw in gameplay trailers and stuff that then turned out not to be in the game. Um, which, you know, I can understand that to a degree, but... Um, you know, these things change. Yeah, like things change, whatever. Now, what's weird is they're still running commercials, like on TV during wrestling, um, where like Elizabeth has a noose around her neck and people are about to hang her, like lynch her, and then you like you save her, um, and that's not in the game. Like, yeah. why is that in the commercial? You know what I mean? So it's another world, Anthony. It's another, it's another world. That better be <laughs> in the DLC. Let me ask you this: uh, We know there's going to be. By the way, I'm going to buy that season pass for 20 bucks because I will buy I will play fucking anything they make as DLC um, I'm curious what the DLC could even cover what do you, that's, that was going to be my question what do you want to see what do you like what what do you think or what do you want to see out of it is it weird I mean, that, is it stuff? weird that I don't want to see anything like I feel the game is complete like I don't want yeah, I kind of, I'm, I'm sort of on that boat where I'm kind of like I don't know if I want to explore other things like I think it'd be cool I just if, want when I love something I want more of it so I, I want more no, I do too, but I feel like this game, like it's such a complete. Like I don't know if I want to explore other facets. Well, I don't know, like I, don't I feel know like if it should be about like right now. Booker or anything. Yeah, like yeah, that's that. what I'd only be. But I feel like I'd only t- be okay with it if they jumped to another world or saw another possibility or did like a neat side story that you know. Well, uh, I feel like there's plenty of stories in Colombia that they could tell. Um, maybe some things that are going on at the same time. Maybe you're one of the Vox Populi or something like that. Um, you know, they got good imaginations. I'm sure they'll think of something. Yeah, they do. But, they um, do mention the Booker DeWitt that like martyred himself for the Vox Populi. Yeah, that could be right. pretty. Yeah, cool. exactly. Yeah, because him and Slate like burned down, like died, like in the Hall of Heroes, like burning mm-hmm. it down or something. Yeah. Um, that could be pretty. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that would be neat. I wanted. I want to know more about Songbird. About I really Elizabeth. do. Uh, you know what I mean? Like not playing with Elizabeth would feel weird. It would. God, I mean, yeah, she's great. <laughs> like it, it just it would. That would be strange. I don't know. Like, and plus they've established all these gameplay mechanics of opening the tears in combat mm-hmm. and everything. It would be weird. I don't know. Like, like having her lockpick for you and do all this other stuff. Yeah. No, listen, my OCD never kept me comfortable unless I had at least five lockpicks on me. <laughs> <laughs> because oh, I knew it. that at max, 
you know, you had five. And so I, if I had less than five, I always was free. Every time I opened one, I'd be like, oh, God, this better be something good. And then it'd be like, you know, if it was a safe, like 200 gold or, or 200, you know, money, dollars or whatever, I'd be like, okay, worth it. Totally worth yeah. it. I'm okay here. So, yeah. How many of the, uh, the, the Voxophones and everything did you find? I found a lot. There, uh, those were pretty cool. Um, uh, from a gameplay this. perspective, they make zero sense that these people just left these recordings. No, uh, but they recordings. really do a good job of informing the story and building the world, in addition to telling huge things of the story, oh, like yeah. what was yeah. going on with Lutesses. Yeah, well, the, the Lutesses in particular. And then also um, there's the one from Fink's brother where he talks about listening to the music. The music. Um, yeah. And that's where he there he had this this composer was listening to the music through the tears, and that's where he was coming up with all the music from. Yeah. So, yeah, so. those were pretty cool. Um, yeah, they I really found, explained a lot. There was like eighty or something. I found seventy-seven of them, and where those last three are, I ain't got a fucking clue because I yeah. looked everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I liked. Uh, I I really liked the ones from Booker in the one timeline where Booker was the martyr. Um, those were yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, that was I kind thought, of a, that was kind of a trip listening to yourself. Yeah, yeah. Making a voxophone. Like the the third voxophone you find is like from I went and there's a couple of YouTube videos that like break down all the voxophones in order, uh, that you find them. And the third voxophone is Comstock basically going like, "Hey, I was Dewitt in an alternate reality, and after the baptism, I chose this name." And sort of like, like it <laughs> not just the, not not as obvious. But not yeah. as obvious as that. He's just like you know, well, like a man can like, choose a different name after a cleansing. Yeah. And just all this sort of stuff. Like just basically breaking down the whole thing. Yeah. Like like I said, the, the, I really want to go through and play it and play it again to get that perspective on it. Yeah. I, yeah, I definitely put it on like easy though. First hour, it scream and like let me tell you, the the second time playing through, even disregarding my emotional breakdown at the end of my second playthrough playing through it the second time throughout the entire game I was like it was just only confirming me like yes this is really good I really do love this like it, it, the game was better the second time all, completely all the way the combat you know was a little annoying because it was harder because um, I put it on hard but just all throughout the story and exploring the world I was like I don't need to explore as much I don't you know I'm not gonna go through every nook and cranny. nope I fucking searched every same thing that I did before <laughs> like every trash can every little pail all those lock boxes that everybody has. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I still explored just as much as I did the first time, which was weird because I thought I was going to rush through it. So, yeah, good game. I liked it. Want more? Nice. All right. Well, unless anyone has anything else to add, I think we should wrap it up there. I like Shock Infinite. <laughs> this is a very good game. Yes, it is quite good. It's- it's fun. Yeah. Sweet. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed our spoilerific cast of uh, Bioshock Infinite and that it wasn't spoiling too bad too early if Mitch does his job. Um, God, no faith. You were like, I don't know if Mitch is going to go through and add all these smooth jazz <laughs> samples. And then I went through and I added in all the smooth jazz samples. So there was a smooth jazz man in my house. Um, he had so. a musical saxophone. You find this man. <laughs> So um, you should rate and review the podcast well on iTunes. Give it all the stars. Um, you should follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash gamersdishy. If you want to follow me, I'm twitter.com slash edgerevis. Twitter.com slash anthonytaylor underscore. Um, twitter.com slash mi7ch. Bring uh, us I'll... the smooth jazz sample and wipe away the spoilers. No, you got to close it out on everybody wants to rule the world, man. No, oh, you know not. it. I was going to do the circle...
Oh. But like the choir. That God only knows.